What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. And today with us, joining us, we have the sexy Canadian lady, the soulful, intuitive business coach, Tanya Marie Dubay. We are here today to talk about knowing when to pivot. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. So last time we had Tanya Marie Dubay on, we discussed the giant question of who am I? And that was an amazing episode. It was episode number 33. Um, and it was kind of talking about how does my story, how does your story fit into the bigger story of the world? So uh, there's always super fascinating and stimulating conversation with Tanya Marie. And uh, we're excited to have her back today to talk about knowing when to pivot in your business, in your life in all the things. So, uh, Tanya, welcome to the show. If you could just, you know, introduce yourself and, and tell us just a little bit about who you are. Sure. Hi, everybody. I am so happy to be here again. I love talking to you guys. This is so much fun. My big thing in life is always to remind women and to stand for women who have been through all kinds of crazy stuff in their life. And they think that those are the things that that are holding them back. And we can really just dig in a little bit deeper and realize that it doesn't matter where you come from, or it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter who you were in the past, who your parents were, where you grew up. None of that matters when it comes to stepping into your leadership and just going full out for your dreams and your goals, right? Yeah. So, so, so for me, where I, where I, you know, step into the space to be able to do this is, you know, some of your listeners might remember from before, but I, I was born into the foster care system and I lived in seven homes by the time I was two. And I stayed in that eighth home from when I was two until I was 10. And, you know, I really feel that having had that foundation with that family, they taught me so much about values and standing for myself. And, you know, they were always honest with me about, you know, my mom's situation. Um, My father was out of the picture. And so these two people who were grandparent age, really, (laughs) you know, they didn't hold back to tell me, you know, this is what's really going on with your life. And this is what you've got to face and other kids your age are not going through this. So fast forward a little bit to when I was 12, I became a homeless street kid. I had moved back in with my mom and my new stepfather. And that was just probably the worst decision I would have thought back then. Worst decision that was ever made was putting me in the hands of that family. But it ended up being, you know, by the grace of God, (laughs) one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. You know, homeless between 12 and 18, my biggest goal in life was to finish my education. I mean, nothing was more important to me at that time than that. Um, Sometimes I'd be on one meal a day, you know, for sure, for sure, just one meal a day. I always found food at least once a day. Um, But I don't know, there's, you know, there's a fire inside of you when you have absolutely no choice and all you have is, is the next step you're going to take, you know, so I was really fortunate in my life. I was about to say lucky. I don't think that, I don't think it's lucky. I was really fortunate in my life to be put in front of some really key people growing up. Um, you know, Oprah Winfrey was one of them. I always talk about Oprah. She, I caught one of her shows when I was 14 years old and she was, you know, so, uh, just such like everything I wanted to be as a woman and not having a, a, a mother figure. I knew that I, I needed to model myself after someone because what was going to happen to me. Otherwise I thought the last thing I wanted to do was to become my mother. Right. So I modeled myself after these key people that would pop up in my world. Um, and then I just learned everything I had to learn to step into that leadership. So again, 
and again and again, you know, my point in telling you this is, is over and over again, I've had to pivot and I've had to start all over. Um, and I've had to pull out from inside myself, you know, this ability to stand firm in who I am and what I want. And of course, life gets you down. You know, I just took, you know, a, a little while off of, I transitioned from one business to the other specifically because, you know, I believe that I needed to give myself the space and the time, but life can kick you down. But what is it inside of you that gets you back up again? So this is where my life has has now taken me. I mean, you know, at the tail end of me being homeless, a couple of years later, I, I met a man who then would become my husband. And of course, not knowing who we are, you know, at that age. But I mean, I can only speak from my own personal experience. I really knew nothing about anything. And of course, I was that 18-year-old who thought I knew everything <laughs> about everything. And no one could teach me anything more because I had gone through so much already. I figured... I remember saying I've gone through more at 18 than most adults will go through in their lifetime, but it didn't prepare me for the way life will shift from underneath you. You know, if you're not taking charge of your future, how life will take charge of that future for you. You know, so I was married for 18 years. I've got two beautiful kids out of it. And, you know, it just, it's amazing how every single time someone asks me how I ever got through any of the stuff I went through, I'll go back to what I said before you know, about how it's just amazing when you have no choice and you rely deeply on what you know for certain about yourself to be true, not, not your self-limiting beliefs or anything like that. But when you know for certain where you stand and what you stand for, that path ahead of you just opens wide up, you know, and then anything becomes possible, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think I hear so much of, of a story of resilience in your story and, how you've allowed the things that have happened in your life to be for you instead of to you. And mm -hmm. I think that's such a tough concept for a lot of people. It was for me for a long time to really figure out like, how do I craft this into something that was actually for me, even though it hurts like hell and it's hard. Mm. So I'm just curious, you know, how have you been able to connect to something? Cause obviously to do that, you have to connect to something, I think, a little bit more deeper or bigger than yourself, right? Hmm, for sure. When I was, um, so I had a business before helping women get through um, really painful divorces and marriages and how to, you know, embrace life on the other side, how to recreate, you know, sorry, how to create the the future that you want to create and how to step into it with full confidence. And the, the basis of all of that comes from, you know, the mindset stuff and for sure, you know, the, um, the personal development work a million percent. But when I was going through all of that, I felt called, like I was going through the divorce as I had the business helping women go through divorce. It was like an accidental business. I just couldn't believe the, the, you know, the limitations that women were facing online specifically with this topic and how everything was so piecemeal. And I was like, I'm going to throw together a summit where I interview all these people and it's going to be like the place to go for all these women going through divorce. And then it turned into a business. But um, in doing all of those interviews, I felt tremendously called to have a spiritual component to it. And I didn't really know why. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into intuition, you know, and I can explain a little bit more of that as we get into the interview, but, but I felt called to do it and not knowing anything about spirituality. I mean, I was, you know, online looking up, you know, some of the best, you know, authors of books to do with spirituality. I mean, I knew nothing. I didn't know about chakras. I didn't know about anything. 
energy manifesting. I didn't have words for things that I knew intuitively. So anyway, I found it. And, you know, that entire career, I interviewed over 180 people and more than half of them were spiritual people. What was remarkable about all of that was how it affected the world. You know, that show reached almost half a million women all over the world. Um, in the series, it was a video interview series. I mean, this is separate from my podcast that I had, but the uh, video series was really cool because all of the spiritual people that I had on my show um, wanted to show the audience what it looked like to do the transformational work that they were doing. So they asked if they could use me to do it. So here I was getting, you know, hundreds of hours of free coaching in the spiritual space Mm. that created this unbelievable foundation for me to heal my own divorce as I was going through it. I was able just to wrap it all up because I knew exactly what I needed to do after. Um, and, and by the way, any, for anyone who wants to know what that was is, you know, to stop operating from my ego and to stop, um, letting other people's, uh, behavior drive my actions but it was really, you know, like um, grounding into something that was bigger than me that I can lean on for support. So that whole entire journey was uh, absolutely remarkable for me. And it was the foundation. So let me also say then that, um, you know, how this has transitioned into the work that I do now is I can see now, like I can look back on all those years, you know, growing up through my childhood and then going through, you know, the 12 to 16 year old homeless, you know, on and off the streets kind of lifestyle that I was living. Um, And even through my divorce and up until now, I can see this through line. And the through line is that, is that thing that we are all drawn to, you know, whether it's religious or it's spirituality, it's this connection to something outside of yourself. And, and how I know that everybody connects to this one way or another is how happy we feel, like how heart happy we feel, you know, when we're in service of somebody else. To me, when, when you can actually help someone and you've made a real difference, it just makes you just overflow with joy, you know? And so for me, digging into my spirituality in this way, you know, has really helped me open myself up in a way that makes it not about me. You know, again, going back to the divorce stuff, it just, I, I, when I learned to not make it about me, everything opened up for me, everything changed. So that through line going through my childhood, you know, I was always connected to something bigger and I was always connected to something more profound. Um, I deeply, deeply connected to my intuition at the beginning of my life. I couldn't even tell you how I did that, but I just always listened, you know, to that voice that said, turn here (laughs) or don't go down that road. (laughs) You know, like I just was always very connected to it. And, And when I didn't listen, I could see the consequences of that. So the spiritual foundation for me has been everything. It's been everything. It's been a massive game changer. Yeah. So spirituality has been a big through line for you. And it sounds like service, serving others has really helped to guide that journey for you as well. And I'm hearing all this amazing stuff, but this is a business that you, you had and you have moved on to something else now. Is that correct? Yeah. So now I'm, so I've taken everything that I've learned. I mean, my entire life, I started studying psychology at 17 years old and 
you know, I became a life coach without really knowing it. Like back then, you know, I mean, everywhere I'd go, someone would tell me something about what they were doing with their lives or what was keeping them back or, you know, some dark part they had to get through and they didn't know how. I mean, I'd have strangers crying on my shoulder on the bus. Like it was pretty interesting. And it felt like everything, every time I learned something new, I was attracting someone to me who needed to know that. So that was really remarkable for me. And I ended up taking all of the personal development and mindset work that I've been doing for like 28 years now um, and coupled it with all the spiritual development and all of my, you know, everything I've learned in my own spiritual path over the last three years. And now I've put all of that together to help women entrepreneurs who have heart-centered businesses. I want to help them shift deeper into their spirituality so that they're learning from a place of true purpose, you know, learning how to deeply trust this intuition and have the confidence and the persistence to pull, to, to pursue their goals and completely unlock their potential. Like, I don't want anybody to think that, that there's, there's anything really blocking them from having what it is that they want, except for themselves. So what I've noticed in this space of helping women entrepreneurs in this you know, spirituality space is when we can get through um, the self-limiting stuff. Okay, like the way I explain it is if we can if we can believe for a second, you know, that we are souls in a human body, right? We're not humans with a soul. If we believe that we are souls in a human body, just like we are, you know, in a vehicle when we're driving, mm -hmm. then then we can subscribe to the idea that the human part of this journey is not as relevant as the soulful purpose of being here. So, I mean, it's relevant. We're here to have a human experience. We're here to, to learn all the things we're supposed to learn on this journey while we're here on this planet. But the human stuff doesn't, it's not intended to hold us back. Like, it's like reading a book. I always say this. I may have said this last time you interviewed me, but um, to me, it's like reading a book and getting stuck on chapter two and being like, well, now I can never read another book, <laughs> you know, and you just get like so frustrated and it's not meant to be like that. So if that's the case, you know, if we can subscribe to that, then we have to understand that, that the human stuff is just conditioning. And it really is, it just depends where you grew up. I mean, everyone's conditioning is different. One is not better or, or, or you know, one is not better than another. But the whole point of it is that we have to kind of, you know, bust through this conditioning to figure out where the love is. Like, what is the real purpose for being here? Because I don't think it's about being an accountant. And I don't think, you know, I, I don't. I don't think it's just about, you know, reading books and learning or being, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's about that. I think it's really truly about what we can do for other people. And so when I learned to look at all my experiences, you know, and this was only like five years ago, I started really looking at my life and what I've been through. Because for the longest time, I was like, why does this stuff keep happening to me? Like, what is wrong with me <laughs> that I keep, you know, attracting this to myself, the bad relationships, the bad men or boys back then, you know, like toxic friendships, like what is going on? And when I started to realize that all of my experiences and everything I was going through was actually to be in service of other people, just like remember when I was younger and I said I was learning things and then I would meet people who needed to know those things specifically, it blew my mind. So, so, you know, looking back at it that way, I realized, oh my gosh, this is, none of this has been about me this whole time. Wow. You know, like everything I've been through was never for 
me, just for me. It was for me to help other people go through what they're going through. So I've been doing that forever. (laughs) I just didn't know you could turn it into like an online business, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's what I hear is you really connecting to that deeper soul's purpose, right? Like we're here, I call it our earth suits. Now we're here in our earth suits. Our soul is really the most important piece yet. What we tend to get so stuck on is the physical form and, and the human part, right. And the ego and kind of like, I didn't realize how much until I leaned into my own spiritual journey, I was allowing those things to really drive me instead of my soul's mission and purpose. Right. And the more I step into that more true and beautiful story of who I am at the core of who I am, not who the world tells me to be or who conditioning has told me to be, but the core of who I am, I am able to see like a deeper calling of purpose and why I'm here and why I've experienced some of the things I have. And it sounds like you can relate to that so much too, just, but how do we, so I love when we were communicating earlier, I loved how you said, and and this was in your email. So context for people listening, less control, more joy in order to really connect and manifest this higher vibration. Right. So talk to us about that. Like, tell us where, where, what have you realized in your own life about less control, more joy? Okay. So what I mean by less control is, you know, we have an idea. Again, if we go back to the conditioning, you know, of our family members and our teachers and everybody who's ever taught us anything, people we've looked up to, you know, there's like a certain level of pride and expectation that goes with how you're going to live out the rest of your life. I think that if you feel called to be an artist, but you feel pressured to be a lawyer and you pursue that path of law, And I'm using this example because I have a lot of friends who've done this. It's funny. Most of them want to be artists who find themselves unhappy as lawyers. Most of them wanted to do something artistic or creative. And then they find themselves in this job for, you know, 15 years or 12 years or whatever. And they've got a huge decision to make about becoming partner or do they take a whole different path? And the, the, the thing that I've noticed in situations like this, because this exact same thing happened to me, um, was, you know, the more I control it, and try to control the outcome of it. And the more I'm working against what my natural abilities are or my natural talent, I don't want to say natural abilities because we can learn how to do anything, but our our natural gifts, right? The more that we kind of try to shove those down because it's not going to be acceptable or we try to shove them away because we're going to be made fun of or we feel like we're going to be rejected by the people that love us or who surround us. The more that we do that, the the less happiness we we are like or we have. And then I find the less joy we feel in the things that we should be joyful about because now it's just all about work. And it's all about living up to the expectations of other people. You know, I've known people like yourselves who, you know, I hope I can speak freely about this, but about, you know, like being in a a religious environment, that's not who you really are. And walking away from that means walking away from everything. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing to do. And that is not easy at all for anybody to do. So, you know, kudos to you guys for standing in your power that way and in your leadership, because I know like walking away from everything or having your family look down on you or treat you like you're some kind of outcast or like you're the one doing it wrong when you're standing for yourself is that can go one of two ways, right? Like you, it can tear you apart or it can make you unbelievably strong. 
And um, I don't know. So for me, any kind of control of the outcome is just not a good idea. Like when you're getting into entrepreneurship or a freelance business of any kind, you have to be able to support yourself. Yes. So on some level, it has to be about money. But if all of it is about money and you're completely driven just to make the money, no amount of money is ever going to make you happy. And you're not going to be able to, to sustain whatever it is that you're doing because it's just about the money and it's not about the thing. Right. So that kind of control for me, I mean, my entire life was controlled. I, I can't even stress this enough. Like I controlled every single aspect of my world, partly because it was survival. But even in my when I got into my marriage, I needed it to be a very specific way. I needed the outcome to be very like look a very specific way. I was completely walking down the wrong path in my own life just because I was afraid of losing control. You know, and I don't think that I think relinquishing control is not the same thing as losing control because we still have to have some kind of plan for our lives. But but when all of it, you know, when you've got an idea in your head, like one specific belief system about way th the way that things should be and you try to drive something to match that no matter what is being thrown at you, I think that's when you're headed for disaster, you know, and and then ultimately, you know, what we're talking about, about finding joy, you know, if you don't have a in my experience, again, I can only really speak for me, but in, in my own experience, if my head is so caught up with what I've got to get done, I'm going to miss those joyful, beautiful, you know, like unbelievable moments that create, you know, the love in your life, right? That create the support. So yeah, so those two things just cannot exist in the same space. <laughs> I think control and joy just doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I, what I'm hearing is the riches are truly in joy, happiness, those things, not in the, whatever the most lucrative job is. And something that I, that we've talked about, Katie and I have talked about on our podcast story and growth a lot is that the way to find that happiness and that joy is through practicing presence and just being super present in whatever, like even in this conversation, not being distracted, really focusing on what you're saying. Uh, you know, when we have time with our kids really, you know, being there and being in that moment, not thinking about what emails I have to respond to, or, you know, not being in two places at once and constantly being kind of drawn away. And so it sounds like you had, you've, you've had successful businesses. You had this business where you were kind of more focused on, uh, divorce and helping people through that and then kind of pivoted over to more of helping female entrepreneurs through a spiritual lens. What was it that made you realize you needed to kind of pivot in that way? Were, were there things that came up for you that you were like, Hmm, this isn't sitting right. Or, uh, yeah. What did that journey look like for you? Well, the divorce space when I was in that space was, you know, like I said, it, it was kind of like an accidental business, but I don't really believe in accidents. I believe, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And it was put in front of me. Like I've always been like, um, I guess I'll just say it. I've always been like a really mouthy kid <laughs> and I've always been able to stand in my power from when I was really little. Like I've always, you know, everyone thought I was going to be a lawyer. Everyone thought, you know, this is, this was going to be my path. 
So I've never had a problem standing for what I believe in ever. And this was one of those situations where I couldn't even believe what women were dealing with and having to face, you know, when it came to destructive, toxic relationships and then those divorces that followed. And I was just enraged about it and, and how women were being treated and discarded and, you know, made to have three jobs while they're trying to support their children. Like, it's just insanity to me. So when I started that business, it was more of like a heart you know, like I needed to help here. I felt like I could be of service. The reason I pivoted into entrepreneurship is because I am an entrepreneur and I have been my whole life. Um, but I specifically work with women who have heart centered businesses, meaning they're doing things with their businesses that help to change the world, you know, like change the, the consciousness of the planet to, you know, uplift and to, you know, help people become more mindful, more present, and get out of the act of just doing and get more into the act of being, you know, so collectively, I think when we link arms with one another and we're working on this, you know, platform of like big change, um, I don't know, it's just astounding like what can happen. Right. So, so this is where my thinking is, this is where I'm drawn to work and where I'm drawn to do this work because I know that in my last business, when I felt called to have, all of those spiritual people on my show and I saw what it did for my life and the foundation it gave me for what was coming next was unbelievable. So that's what, you know, I want to teach women how to do, you know, it's, it's profound. Absolutely profound. And I think one thing I realized, I think someone told me this recently about, you know, being an entrepreneur and being a heart-based entrepreneur, like you speak of it's, you know, it is part of your calling, right? It's, it's the reason that you go through what you go through because usually what, what service you want to provide as an entrepreneur in this heart centered space is the same support and resources that you would have, your younger self would have wanted going through. Yeah, right. True. And so it's like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to share that? Why wouldn't you want to speak into that part of people's lives? Because you now have those tools, right. And it would almost be like oh, yeah. being selfish to not share <laughs> that wisdom and that guidance and that inspiration with other people. Yeah, I do feel like that too. You know, I've thought about that a lot in the last little while, you know, how much of ourselves we hold back from the world when we really do feel like we're standing for something big, you know, and how selfish that really is in a way. Because if you think about your sphere of like, like the ripple effect of what it is that you're doing, let's say you're able to reach, I don't know, let's say you reach 25 people, you know, I don't have a calculator in front of me, so I hope everyone can follow with this, but let's say you're, you can reach 25 people and five of those people now each reach 25 people. And then five of each one of those 25 people reaches 25 more people. I mean, the circle out of that in less than 365 days is astounding. Now, if you're not doing the thing that comes naturally to you and sharing that and standing for something and holding that space for, for people who need it, that's, that's who now stands to lose. Mm. Like that's who stands to lose. I mean, they all stand to gain and we stand to gain as, you know, for, as the people who are standing in that space. But, but look at how many people now have missed out on the thing that they needed to hear you say. And it's not the thing that they just needed to hear because we can hear the same thing by 10 different people and one of them will really only land with us. So, you know, it's like, it's like you, you know, the, the entire thing that makes you who you are, your soul path, you know, the, your whole entire soul's blueprint that has been written for you for as many lives as you're meant to live. You know, that thing is the thing that that's going to connect with your right people. 
So not putting yourself out there. I mean, it's almost detrimental, right? Yeah, it is. Does that, do you follow that? Yeah. It's, oh, we yeah. follow it. We, We're <laughs> making eyes at each other. Andrew's oh. getting ready to drop some bombs or something. I'm not getting ready to drop any bombs. I'm just, it's hilarious because like two hours ago at lunch, we were having this very conversation about oh, wow. Katie stepping out of potentially, and you know, we can, if you don't want this included in the episode, we can, oh, it's fine. we can cut it. But uh, yeah, Katie was basically talking about potentially she's a nurse. And so potentially just going more part-time and really uh, delving into the work that she's super passionate about more, like just having more time for that soul work, that embrace yourself whole mm-hmm. business that, that she's wanting to do. And so it's just, uh, it's interesting to think of this in terms of it's almost selfish for her to not explore that. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's just interesting that this conversation has come up in, in this way. <laughs> well, yeah, I think too, is- and then it gets, it, it, sorry, I was just going to say, and then it gets a little bit scary too, when you start thinking financially of dropping one thing to yeah. start yep. another thing. But, yep. but when you're standing in that space and you're thinking of it that way, and you're 100% not letting anything hold you back, you know, like you're just going for it, then naturally the, the magnet that you become for the people who need you, it's pretty strong. Like it's remarkable. Like all of a sudden how all these people show up, you know, and they're like, oh my goodness, like you're talking to me, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to me. I mean, everything takes, you know, a little bit of time to build up, but I don't think it needs to take a lot of time. I think if you're committed, you know, and you, and you think like this, you think like, holy cow, I get to stand for this. Like mm-hmm. I get to do this. I get to stand for this. This is, this is amazing for me for this is amazing for the world. You know, that kind of energy is, is powerful. Absolutely. It's, it's also coming up like this. I don't know if you, you probably experienced this, but where you hear lots of different messages and things like synchronicities, right. Come up. So the, something that came up earlier this week for me too, is what would it mean for me to play big? instead of playing small, right? Like, what does that look like? And and so I'm just curious with you, like, it, I feel like that's what we're talking about, right? Like unleashing this immense spiritual power, essentially this energy inside all of us to stop playing small. And how, do, how, do, how have you done that in your life to just, it sounds like you've done it so beautifully, but I'm sure there's been moments of doubt, <laughs> moments of struggle, moments of fear, but have you pushed through those moments to just really step into this big expansive place that you're in? Well, okay. So, so there's, there's a lot, I mean, there's a couple different ways of looking at it. The way I've been doing it my whole entire life was not the right way to do it. I think because instead of dealing with my feelings and dealing with what was really happening, I was sort of like, you know, catapulting myself off of it, using the power of it to keep going. And I don't think that I, I didn't have a false sense of confidence because I've always been a very self-assured person, but I didn't know how I was doing anything. You know, it's like back in the day when I was trying out for track and field and I was really good at high jump. I'm five foot four. I was remarkable at high jump and I was beating everybody and nobody knew how I was doing it, but they wanted me to compete. And I was like, I don't know how I'm doing this. There's no way I'm doing this in front of a whole bunch of people. So, so that was kind of my life for a really long time. And even though I had proof around me that I could succeed and that I was doing well, I just didn't really know how I was doing it. 
So that was the old me. And the new me is, you know, anytime self-limiting beliefs come in, I mean, I've done so much work to like radically reprogram my mind. Like that's one of the things that I teach, you know? So I think the way to be able to step into this space is to not control. Don't look to control the outcome. Don't get yourself all bogged up with how you're going to do anything, you know, but just understand that it's all happening the way it's supposed to happen. You know, does that answer your question? Like it's like, it's all happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen. Now, how to play big out of that space is you have to completely remove yourself out of the equation because it's not about you. So the minute that you start, and I've done this, right? I did this at the beginning of my last business. I was mortified to go in front of anybody. And that's not like me. I mean, I was an actor my whole life. You know, when I got the chance to do it, I was an actor for a while. Like if I could get into a theater, you could not keep me off the stage. And I was always training and I was doing films in in Toronto, you know, like, so it wasn't me to be afraid of people, but I was, I was like afraid of what people were going to think about me. And I wasn't sure that anyone would really want to listen to what I had to say. I wasn't sure that I had anything really valuable to say. And this was all me speaking out of that little girl, you know, who was so scared all the time, you know, but, you know, I always think back to that little girl who protected me so well when I was little and going through all that stuff. You know, the only thing I can say about that is I, you know, at my age now, I'm not letting a 10 or 12 year old girl run my life. So I can't let those decisions that were being made when I was that young affect my adult life now. And so the minute that I realize that I'm making it about me, that's the minute that I have to stop and say, you know, you are just like the soul in the body, like a vehicle. You are the vehicle for this. Like you're, it's not about you. It's about me insofar as I've got to keep up and learn and be at the top of my game so that I can show up the best way that I can for my audience and for my family and for myself. But it's not about me at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It sounds like, you know, essentially step like telling your ego to fuck off. Pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, when you give your ego <laughs> nothing to do, then <laughs> when you give your ego nothing to do, then all you're faced with is yourself. Meaning yeah. when you, you know, deal with all your self-limiting beliefs or any negative chatter going on in your head or, you know, like fears of, you know, well, this is self-limiting beliefs, but fear of rejection or, you know, imposter syndrome, when you're putting yourself through that unnecessary, like it's not necessary, right? So when we're putting ourselves through that, we're giving our ego a whole bunch of stuff to do. And then our ego keeps us busy and sometimes even talks us out of the things we want to do before we even do them. You know, so when you give your ego nothing to do, like you're solid, you know, you're you're in meditation every morning before you start your day or some form of meditation. Maybe you're journaling, maybe you're, you know, gardening, maybe you're just like with your children. I think all of these things are meditative when we're in the moment because that's the whole point, right? Being right in the moment. Um, I think that, you know, you're, you're then calming yourself down and you're, you're believing in yourself on a whole different level. You know, like when you take yourself out of the situation, like I just said, and you're not making it about you, but you're making it about the message and the service, you know, being in service of other people, you know, then, then your ego has nothing to do because your ego will be like, it's almost like you have a, like an alter ego in a way, (laughs) because your ego might be like, you can't do that. And you're like, no, but this badass version of me can, (laughs) you know, like, like it doesn't, you're not giving your ego anything to really handle. So anytime a negative thought comes in, I do this thing that I was taught, um, was to catch the negative thought, 
just to cancel it out right away and then to release it. You know, so a negative thought might be like the imposter syndrome thing. Like, like, what do I think I'm doing getting into this world of people? There's so many other people who do what I do. Oh my God. And you go down this rabbit hole. You know, what I do is I just stop it flat out. I immediately look for proof, like super fast, like immediately look for proof of where I have been successful by putting myself out there. It doesn't matter where that proof comes from because many different things from your life will pop up. But when you find proof that you can do something, then that thought is not really a thought. And I'm not going to give it life by talking about it to anybody who wants to hear me moan about, you know, this next self-limiting belief that's come up. I just catch it. I cancel it and I let it go because it's not real. It doesn't matter to me. If I have this limiting belief, it's not real. You know, someone, I mean, that's like saying absolutely nobody in the world, not one person, no one, no one at all is going to, is going to benefit from anything I ever have to say. Like that's, how can that possibly be true? Hmm. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's like being the author of your own story, right? Like if you don't like the bullshit story is all those negative limiting beliefs in the real story, you actually get to write and decide like, no, I'm claiming this. This is the truth. Not all this Mm -hmm. other garbage. Yeah. I like (laughs) that you said you capture it and that you essentially use proof of your, like your past life to kind of say, no, that's not true at all based on these facts and these things that have happened in my life. And I think that's a really interesting way of dealing with some of that negative self-talk and and some of that stuff that comes up. And yeah, I wanted to also, you know, it sounds like you've had just a lot of changes in this last year since we've, you know, since we talked to you last time, there's, there's been a lot of just shit going on in the world with all of us. Um, you know, you've kind of switched over your business, uh, you know, Katie was, Katie had said that, um, you, uh, broke off a, a engagement with mm-hmm. a fiance and we don't have to get into any of that, but, um, no, it's okay. But, I'm, I'm an open book. You guys can talk about anything with me. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, your business, all, all these things, how have you made these pivots and done it with kind of letting go of control and just following, um, I don't know if it's intuition or if it's just, uh, flow, flow. Yeah. Stepping into that flow. (laughs) Well, okay. I gotta, I gotta tell you, like, I, I really do, uh, my best to, to live exactly what I teach. Right. So, so this version of me that you're getting right now is like the same version of me that I, that I am every day, you know, and I find that when, when I say that something's not working for me and I can't sit in it and it's not what I want to do, I really do everything I can to sort it out. And I really do walk away from things even when I want them, you know, like my, my, my most recent breakup is it's sad and it's awful. And, you know, I wanted to be in that relationship. I really did want to be in that relationship, but when everything around it just isn't working out and it's showing me that it's not the right relationship, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I I mean, in this space that I live in where, you know, I hold myself to a really high standard and it's not, uh, it's not an unattainable standard for, for me to reach or for anybody else to reach. All it is, is I live like, what is my integrity? Cause everyone's integrity is different. And what am I willing to do and not do to maintain that for myself? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to go backwards for anybody. 
nobody, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. that's the same thing in my business. That's the same thing in my personal relationships. Now, that's not to say, you know, I just get up and walk out from anything that doesn't serve me. Of course, you try to figure it out and work it out. When it came to my business, at the end of my divorce, I realized that the divorce you know, that whole piece of my life, it needed to pivot. It needed to change. I was no longer in the divorce world. The divorce world was not where I wanted to have a career necessarily. I was very happy to advocate for women in that area. And I still do. Funny enough, women are constantly reaching out to me, asking me about, you know, divorce questions. And I'm still coaching a little bit here and there, but it's not, um, I guess I can never really fully let go of that just because I'm so passionate about it. But, you know, at the same time, the pivot was essential. It had to happen because my my goals and my dreams are so big, you know, and it's all about helping to change the planet in some way. You know, the foundation that I want to start that, you know, means everything to me is specifically for kids who grew up like me in the foster care system, who have, you know, an entry point into the world of entrepreneurship and personal development and mindset coaching and have an exit out of the foster care system into like a second tier of this idea. You know, like I want these kids who grow up in, you know, this kind of living to know that they're not discarded, like, like they're not discarded children and they're not discarded people and they do have something to contribute to the world. So, so that, you know, that way of thinking for me sort of lends itself into every aspect of what I want to do. So staying in the divorce world is great. And I'm always happy to be of service wherever I can be of service there. But, you know, helping women who are helping to change and shift the consciousness of the planet is completely where I'm at. So for, you know, the programs that I run and the course that I have, the women coming into it, some of them are women who I was working with in the divorce world who are now understanding that, you know, some of their biggest, um, you know, trials and tribulations, some of the biggest adversity, you know, moments of their lives have everything to do with what they're here to possibly teach, you know, a whole group of, of people. So it's fascinating. I mean, it's, if the pivot was necessary, I had to do it, you know, just because I'm, I don't know, I, I have this vision in my head, you know, I can see all of these women just linking arms together. And that's not to leave out men or to say that I can't do any work with men. But I specifically because I am a woman, and I've gone through so much adversity, I know how what it is to go through that, and be a mom and to still be going through things and, you know, putting the whole thing together. I do not know what it's like to do that as, as a man, <laughs> you know, so I'm more than happy to always, you know, link arms with anybody who's in this world of changing the consciousness of the planet, you know, and just move it forward because I'm sure you can feel there is a rapid progression right now of, you know, people feeling um, like they need to tap into spirituality, just like I was picking it up three years ago, you know, like they need to tap into something bigger than themselves, that something bigger is going on. There's like a shift people feel, you know, it's so funny 20 years ago when people would say, you know, must be a full moon. I didn't sleep well last night or it's affecting my period or I can't, you know, I'm really moody. Back then, it was like, if you said that out loud, everybody would turn and kind of look at you. (laughs) And now, I know, and now people talk like that so naturally. And I think this is beautiful. It's perfect. Like people are starting to understand that, you know, we are a collective on this planet. Like everything that affects one group of people affects us all because it will be your turn to go through that at some point in, in that same form or some different form. And I think the best way to deal with it is to show up for all people, you know, so... So anyway, yeah, I just, we're all connected, right? Like everything on this planet is so deeply, you know, connected and intertwined. And to ignore that, I think is, 
it's just not a good idea because eventually it's going to come up for you. You know, you're going to have to go through something, you know, that it's like, okay, so it's like the divorce world, right? Like never in a million years would I have ever thought that I could have been of service to women going through divorce. Now, yes, it took me going through it to understand the complexities of it, but I didn't teach anything different than I've been teaching my whole entire life. You know, so it's important to sit there and ask yourself how many different groups of people you can affect, you know, because it's not just going to be in the one that you see right in front of you. You know, it's for a lot of different people. But but anyway, I hope that answers your question. I went off on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, it's cool. I I feel like I've seen this kind of renaissance of women supporting women right now. Uh, like in the last three to four years, it's really become, it, it's come to the forefront and you can see it on social media. You see it with just, uh, you know, it's powerful to, to view. And it makes me excited. It, like having two daughters, I'm excited for their future because of what's happening right now with women. And I, you know, I'm a white dude and it's always been pretty easy for me. And so to see just the way in which women uh, support each other is a very unique, uh, it's just a beautiful thing to kind of witness. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. important. I think the work that you're doing is really important and to be able to kind of, it's not really niching down that much, but to, you know, somewhat niche down to women and really focus on supporting uh, women, I think is a, a really honorable charge. And hmm. it's awesome that you're thank doing you. That. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I love that. And, um, yeah, I've been working with Katie, you know, on a few different things too. And just, I don't know, it's just linking arms. It's just so much more powerful, you know, when you're standing together, like with other women who want the same thing and who have the same vision for the life, for life and for the world. You know, I yeah. just think it's, it's just remarkable and it draws in all kinds of people. Like, again, I work with men too, right? I have men calling me in to talk and to, you know, they want to interview me about what I'm doing. And I think that's fascinating and beautiful. I mean, and to me, a perfect world would be the marriage of, you know, both masculine and feminine energy, you know, lending mm -hmm. itself to each other and then just, you know, creating from that space, not one being overly masculine, the other one being overly feminine, but just the symbiote, you know, symbiosis of the two coming together just to, to help change the planet, I think is really beautiful. You know, yeah. saying that, I, I just want to say on that note, I do think that having a, a good mix of masculine and feminine, you know, masculine and feminine in each of us is really important. But I no think doubt. the problem that we're having is, you know, I, I mean, for me, the way I've witnessed the world and how I've been in the world and participated in the world and sort of been victimized at the same time by it, is this crazy masculine energy that just sort of overtook everything for a really long time. And it was very domineering, um, very patriarchal. And we want to move away from that and into a more creative, positive, loving, nurturing way forward. Right. So to me, mixing the two together, you know, would be beautiful. I think that's perfect. I, I agree. I love it. And I think too, like we have so much just speaking of like the masculine and feminine I mean, I think as males and females, obviously we all embody both, right? But being able to mirror, to be mirrors for each other in how we can, you know, it, if you're leaning more into the masculine, how can we balance more out with the feminine? And if you're leaning more in the feminine, how can we balance out with the masculine and learning more about all of the complexities of who we are and what we hold and how we can use that as, as our gifts, right. As part of 
um, supporting and loving. And like you said, being one together, like how can we really continue to just create a world that feels connected, right? We've gotten so disconnected and so siloed in our own rights and wrongs and this way and that way. And it's, I, I do feel like there's this collective force of just not force, but source, I guess I would say of energy moving us, calling to us, helping us to see where we need to connect and make bridges between us, between the masculine and the feminine, between, um, humanity and, and really like this collective healing Oh my goodness. So you're making me think of right away off the top. I think that the two ways that we can do what you were just talking about is by really examining our belief systems and, oops, sorry, really examining our belief systems and, and getting into the healing of our own human path, like our own human journey as our soul is figuring out its blueprint. Like it's, you know, like what we're actually here to do. The beliefs, you know, how I get into belief systems and how to, like I'm a certified beliefs clearing practitioner. Like I've, I know how to do this work with people. One of the like easiest ways for you to, you know, come up to whatever belief that you have, self-limiting belief, any kind of belief that you have. Um, you know, again, as an example, when I was in the divorce world, that divorce was horrible, that it was the final, like the end of everything for you, you know, that no one will ever like you or love you again, or, you know, all the awful things that go through our heads as we're going through this. The same thing happens with entrepreneurs going forward. So the best way to handle that is just to ask, why do I believe this? And then write it out. What is my belief? Why do I believe this? Do I really believe this? If not, what do I want to believe instead? You know, and you just keep asking yourself these questions, you know, and then, and then you've got a whole, like you've compiled this whole list of what you actually want to believe instead. And now, now you're free to actually step into the shoes of someone who has a new way of thinking, you know, has done this, this amazing shift on themselves to get them moving forward, you know, and then the healing is in the surrender and the acceptance of your life, you know, I didn't get into, you know, all this other stuff in my life that happened. Like I, you know, was sexually abused as a child a couple of times. You know, my mother used me as a punching bag. You know, I, you know, had my stuff happen to me, you know, here and there when I was homeless, you know, trying to find out, you know, my bed every single night where I was going to stay. You know, like I've had all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff happen to me. And when I found myself, A, accepting that all of these things happened to me, because I'm supposed to help other people go through this. That was the first thing. That was my acceptance piece. You know, yes, it happened. Yes, I have a choice on how I'm going to look at it. Yes, I have a choice on how I'm going to use this going forward. You know, I can be victimized by so many things. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but I choose not to be because it's not my soul needed to go through the experiences for a bigger reason. My human self, you know, needed to accept and to surrender so that I could heal that. You know, so for me, the the healing bit of it, like the surrender, um, the uh, surrender and acceptance piece of the healing, that's really important, and that belief work is so essential. Yeah, I love what you said about beliefs and just writing them out. And is this true, or do I believe this? And I, I think what's cool about beliefs as it relates to our conversation, our topic today about pivoting is that beliefs can change over time. You know, you can, you can pivot, you can change your beliefs. And, uh, one note that like this came up in the conversation where I was thinking about like what pivoting actually means. And, you know, like I was thinking about basketball, essentially like pivoting in basketball, essentially you have an anchor point. Like 
your your one foot stays anchored and then you're changing directions with you know the other foot and for me that anchor it sounds like for you as well is like being in alignment and having that spiritual piece seems to be the really important component soul the soul work all that stuff um i i just thought that was an interesting thing that i kind of wanted to leave with our audience is like as you think about pivoting just realize that you can change directions on things, but make sure that you aren't just traveling with the ball and running off, uh, willy nilly and aimless. You, you, that anchor is what's so important and why the term pivot actually is, is what is the term we keep using because, uh, having an anchor point and knowing what your anchor point is, I think is really important. So if for you, it's spirituality, meditation, uh, practicing presence, any of those things, those are the things that you really need to, I, I think, you know, to echo what you said, um, Tanya Marie, I would, I would say like, just write it out, you know, like I tell people to do that all the time on here, write out those things, write out your anchor points and write out your beliefs would be a really strong, um, message that we want to give you guys today. So yeah, anchoring it in for me, it's so funny how my entire life, I look back and I think, I thought I knew what I was doing all by myself, you know, but when things got really hard, my go-to was to just sweep it under the rug and use it as momentum to catapult myself into the next thing. You know, when my mom died, you know, there was so much attached to that, that instead of dealing with it at 27 years old, I swept it under the rug and I had the best year of my life in school. Like that year, my grades were better than any other year. And, and I used to do this all the time. I would use whatever was going, you know, going on in my life that was negative and harmful and hurtful. And I would use it as momentum so that it got to the point where when I didn't have anything to use as momentum, I could easily flatline, you know, or I'd burn out or whatever. So for me, you know, to use your word anchoring, when, when I learned how to anchor into something, What that now meant is that no matter what went on in my life, I knew who I was and what I stood for. No matter what happened or the rug got pulled out from under me or a relationship ended or I needed to pivot my business, it wasn't the end of the world anymore. I didn't need to use the pain of it and instead I could get into the flow of it, right? So to stop controlling and just get into the flow of it can only truly happen when you've got that anchor point, when you're anchored into something. So this is another reason why I think this work is really important for women who are, you know, entrepreneurs with heart-centered businesses. Most of us are empaths. We're taking on the emotions of everybody that we're working with and even the emotion of the, of the collective creative thing that we're creating, you know, like we really embody all of it and that can be pretty taxing. And without, you know, the foundation, like the proper foundation, I mean, if something goes wrong or goes sideways, it can really, you know, take the rug right out from under your feet. hundred percent. Yeah. So most of our listeners, I think based off of the reviews are female. And so if you are a female and you are looking and you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for, uh, you know, just if you feel like there's that missing component in your business and you want to reach out to someone, check out Tanya Marie. Um, Tanya, do you want to share some of your socials with everybody? Yeah, for sure. So I've just started with this new, um, business. I've just started a new, 
a platform where I'm creating this course that I'm creating called The Awakened Entrepreneur. But I have a Facebook group that I'm growing. It's just getting started just off the ground. It's called The Awakened Mastery Code. Um, my handle on Facebook normally is at Tanya Marie Dubay. Um, you can find me on Instagram with the same one. Um, and that's where I'd like to keep, you know, all of the, you know, all of the uh, conversations right now. And then from yeah. there, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for just sharing all your wisdom, all your knowledge and all those amazing nuggets with us today. Yes. It's always such a joy, such a joy to talk to you and hear your wisdom. Oh, you guys, thank you so much. I love being here with you guys. I think this is really fun and really cool. And, you know, I love the direction that you've taken everything and how you've used what you've gone through to help other people. It's just really special and really, really cool. I really like it. The last thing I will say is Tanya and I just started a clubhouse room on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And we would love to have you join us. It's called All for Women Empower Hour. Is that what, right? Is that what we're calling yep. it, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks to yeah, Afton who women. gave us a little, little line there. <laughs> all for Women Empower Hour has been, it's yes. fun, right? It's It's super awesome, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're talking about all things like life, womanhood, motherhood, business, entrepreneurship, spirituality. It's just a fun, juicy time. So we invite you to come join us and then you can actually like come up on stage and interact with us. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that would be so much fun. I love that. I love getting involved with everyone's thoughts and thinking. It's so fun. Yes. Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Wish I could come. <laughs> you can come. It's You don't have to be a woman. <laughs> Andrew, you can come. <laughs> You're man enough to be in that group. Uh, you, you got enough feminine energy. Come on. Hey, I'll, oh I might gosh. show up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. Cheers. Peace, y'all. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegorianelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegorian Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers. <laughs>